Everybody, well, I ran into a uh, advertisement there. Oh well, I guess we wanted to get started with the conversation, though, didn't we? Welcome Facebook, welcome YouTube. I hope you guys are having a great weekend. Better hope you had a great weekend. Doctor Missy here with the fifteen minute rev. And if you just came in, hey Sonia, if you just came in um, and watched the intros coming in, um, it probably gave you some insight as to where you hopefully are right now this week and hopefully moving across prophetically into new waters so i've told you three weeks ago the lord was talking to me about stormy uh weather coming in and matter of fact we just had some today and so this is our last week of stormy weather he prophesied that there were going to be three weeks of storminess in the spirit and in the natural and so you should be experiencing that a little bit as we come out of that stormy season and you should have actually started to experience too on sunday hey good afternoon everybody as you're loading up on YouTube, Facebook. So um, you should have uh, st started sensing a shift on Sunday um, to where things started calming down um, and getting a little bit more calmer as far as the spirit around you as opposed to last week. And so hopefully that's happening to you. Hopefully your waters are calming as it reads in my background. Um, and let me see, let me see, uh, right now, what is witchcraft hitting you with before I jump into your trailer? Um, I got a movie trailer I want you to watch. I'm not actually going to jump into your trailer. <laughs> Good afternoon. Hey, BP. So what is the title for today's message, by the way, for where we're moving into? Um, the title for today's message is called, I have a prophetic word, by the way, for you guys, but turning over the den of thieves in their tables. Um, and it's saying, don't doubt God because everything's changing. Everything's about to change around you. May not look like it. I know, right? It may not look like it, but it's happening behind the scenes. And God's trying to, I believe, get us into this place where we trust him in all things. Even though we can't see it, can't feel it, can't sense it, it's happening. And it's just like it used to be when you were a kid and you used to pray for something from the Lord. You didn't even have all the prophetic insight back then that you have now as far as knowing how to use your fivefold giftings and understanding how they operate and affect your world. You just trusted God. Right? You just trusted God. So that's what he's starting to do. He's trying to move us back into where we used to operate with the faith of a child, where we just trusted him and whatever he told us he was going to do. We just trust him. So if if you're on the bridge in my vision from last week, then 
as of this past Sunday, again, Jesus has stepped in between you and the enemies of your soul to protect you for what they've entered into themselves because of disobedience. So the obedient have crossed over as of Sunday, the disobedient not going to go so well for you, but that's between you and the Lord. So as your storms are clearing and the enemies have just begun or the disobedient, they're not your enemies. Some of them are, but not all. Some of them just caught caught up in a bunch of uh, bad company, but their storms, your storm should be clearing. Theirs have just begun for not listening to the Lord or for listening to spirits they've refused to get free from on their own lives, i.e. religion, Jezebel, witchcraft, all the while causing them to get further and further behind spiritually, all the while. So although you are tired, warrior, now it's not the time to lose focus as the enemy's trying to bring back some weaknesses that you've struggled with long ago, just in a different form. They're trying to sabotage you. They're trying to cause you to fail. And God's saying, uh, no, <laughs> not hell will, freeze, hell will freeze over first. And so in hopes, the enemy's trying to do this in hopes to cause you to stumble and lose sight of where God's taking you. So don't lose your focus no matter what. And don't you allow anyone to disrupt your time with God. This is a time that you need to be seeking with the Lord, getting the true King's decree. And so on, in light of that, before I take you into the movie trailer, um, I want to talk to you about a little too, about what else witchcraft is hitting you with. And they're trying to create a lot of, Hey, Ida, good to see you. Um, a lot of distractions, a lot of distractions of your soul while God is using them to push you higher. So again, we've got Basilisk, we've got witchcraft, we've got Jezebel religion, distractions, trying to push you out of the old or hinder you from stepping into the new because they want you to actually comply with the old. They want you to step into the status quo with them so that you can't stay in the new that God's where God's taking you. So that leads me then to this trailer that I've got to show you. And it's interesting because I just saw this movie the other night and it's called the greatest game ever played. And it's about, it's about where we're at right now, actually, where God is raising up a team of nobodies where they're highly skilled and highly gifted. And actually the movie is about amateurs, this amateur, uh, who was very gifted in golf. You're going to, it's Sheila LaBeouf. You're going to love the trailer. I love the movie. It's a really great movie. It's a true story actually, but it's about a young man and he's about 20 something who's highly gifted by God to play golf. Now, if you know anything about me, I like golf. I just don't like doing it for 18 holes. I think I like shooting it in the driving range and hitting the ball around, but not for 18 holes, but it's fun to do that because it's a fun sport and it takes a lot of skill to do that. But the story is about a young man and he was always told that he wasn't good enough, smart enough, or of the right social status in order to play with the Titans, the pro golfers. And because of some good men and women around him, they recognized his gift. And so they talked him into stepping up to the plate to play in the first U.S. Open in America's history where he actually beat the tar out of these pro golfers through the gifts on his life. And it changed history. And he actually won three U.S. Opens because of it. But he never went on to play, 
play pro golf. And so the point of this matter is, is for those of you who are new on the scene right now, and, and God's bringing your gifts up and utilizing you for the uh, body of Christ. God's saying, don't you, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to anybody else attacking you in the spirit because that's all fixing to be done with as they're being dealt with because they're not crossing over this bridge, says the Lord, for their own disobedience. We're going to get into that here in a second. Matter of fact, guys, can you pray against the witchcraft hitting my mind right now? Thank you. And But the Lord says they're not crossing over. And so the Lord's saying, I've gifted you. I'm doing it through you, but I've raised you up for such a time as this because I'm tired of man trying to steal my glory and trying to raise up their own dynasty instead of stepping into kingdom so i want you to watch this trailer and i'll be right back with you but it's a great trailer francis it's after midnight give up this fool's game golf doesn't give a man what he needs to feed his family you learn a trade, and you bring home an honest wage. He was born with nothing except a dream. There must be a way for somebody who's not a member to compete. You're a caddy. Golf is a game for gentlemen. It's not for your kind. He was given no opportunities except the ones he made. Those men don't have to earn a place in this world. It's given to them. We're not those kind of people. But sometimes... It takes an outsider. You shot a 71 on the toughest golf course in New England. To change the rules. We're holding the U.S. Open Championship in two weeks. Your name came up. I can't accept. My father needs me to work. Awfully young to be giving up on your dreams, aren't you, son? From Walt Disney Pictures. Meet me here. Sign up. You got a lot of work to do. The studio that brought you Remember the Titans. The Rookie and Miracle. This just isn't the sort of thing that caddies do. All I want is a chance. There's a lot of talk about the great English champion sailing over here to play in our Open. We all know Harry Varden. I'm the best. And I'll thank you to remember that. Miss Mimette, I can caddy for you. My bag is as big as you are. I can carry that bag. All right, you can caddy for me. What's that? A pig man? You got a problem? It seems impossible that this untested boy could hope to beat one seasoned champion. He was a long shot. Oh my gosh, that's President Taft. How you doing there, Mr. President? But he saw the game in ways no one could imagine. He has a God-given talent. He's just trying to make you proud. The man's a peasant. Peasants do not win opens. If Mr. Weemet wins tomorrow, it's because he's the best. Not because of who his father was, not because of how much money he's got. Because of who he is! The greatest game ever played. Ah, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that awesome? So, keep your eye on the ball, warrior. That's what God's saying in this hour. You keep your eye on the ball. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how... What it feels like in the spirit, your feelings have nothing to do with your faith. Nothing, nothing to do with your faith. And God's saying in this hour, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball because the enemy's trying to get you off focus because he knows you're tired. And so the Lord's saying, if your warfare has just shifted, again, that means you come all the way across your Jordan and are entering into your new land, which proves the word for C2 that God gave me about two or three weeks ago too. 
um, that's fitting for the obedient and that God told us, see to this year would be as smooth as butter. I don't know about you, but for me, that's proven itself to be every bit true. And so um, I hope you enjoyed the trailer, by the way, because it's a wonderful movie to watch. You need to go go inspire yourself because I don't know about you, but the task before us seems like it's daunting. And although I find it uh, a little bit ironic, because I think for the majority of us, our hearts have only been to help people and to help people get their lives back. And so that's been my heart's intention uh, while we've stepped into this journey with the Lord. But I don't want you to get discouraged in where God's taking you right now because of the naysayers and because of arrogant titans that think that they're bigger than God or that they are God over people's lives. They're really misogynist and God's not dealing with that in this hour. Matter of fact, he's shutting them down. Um, but I had an encounter with the Lord last Thursday and it actually, he started expressing himself to me in such a way that I had never experienced it before. Um, I've never seen the side of the Lord before in my whole 58 years of interacting with him, um, where I really felt the sorrow of the Lord. Um, but starting last Thursday, I began to sense that God wanted to spend some time with me. And I got into Friday and I went to dinner, but all evening I felt like I should have stayed at home and I didn't know why. And Saturday came and I finally figured out that it had been the Lord wanting to speak to me. And because I wasn't used to the side of his emotions, I didn't recognize it. And it, it literally, when he got into the conversation with me, it made me cry because I thought he's deeply hurt. God is deeply deeply hurt by the behaviors of some of his people right now and people that claim to be his people and what they're doing to his true bride right now but he's doing something about it and so it's finally at that point when i met with him and it, and it broke my heart to feel the sorrow of the lord for the condition of the church but this is what he said and if this is strong it's strong but this is what he said he said um many have sought to stop you, my children, from encamping round about with me or abiding in me, as I've stirred up my spirit over you, because they want to control you. They want to control me, says the Lord, which is not ever going to be. And because they think that they know more than me or have forgotten that I'm the one in command and not they, but there they are, but excuse me, but there are many who would seek to abandon the ways of Yahweh just like they're trying to abandon those who I've called to stir them up for kingdom because they are losing faith for having not obeyed me and getting free from the witchcraft that has so entangled them. But if you will tell my people to hearken under the word of the true king that I may relinquish them of all debts that they owe me, all caps, because they are indebted for having not been true to the one who has paid a high price for their sin. When I placed myself on the cross, I did so in order that many would come to know truth and me, not an enemy of their soul who pretends to be king. So that tells me as the true and living king that there are many seeking false idols, false power in this hour where I've called you unto me. But unless you truly know my heart, would you recognize my voice and now Many have run after voices and spirits who lead them astray in a different way, not the way of Yahweh. Because they refuse to get free from those, the witchcraft that is so besotted them. 
they now choose another foreign entity instead of me. And now, look at you. You sit on the outside of my kingdom. He's talking to those who have disobeyed. With no one to help you unless you turn back to me. And as I stand at the gates looking at many of you, all I see are hearts looking at self, looking at their own needs, instead of what I need from them in this hour, which is honor, true integrity, and a heart that is true, which brings in true firepower. Only me. I've never forsaken thee. But you, those of you seeking other gods, have truly forsaken me. So as I've done my separating of my true wheat from those only seeking outward things, everyone will begin to see my true family, who truly abides with the king. They will live in my palace and feast at my table. They'll always be able to do the things that the world has never seen. So the dividing came true. When I told you to step up and be counted to stand up for me, I told you that I would never turn my back on you. But because many of you have turned your backs on me, I have no choice but to raise up those who would rather not be seen. But because they were the only hearts that were true, I've shoved them out of secret, clothed with my power, so that all the world would see love with its true reigning abilities. And many of you have said, But Lord, it's not fair. Because I've served you. I've stood up on my platform demanding reform. But the Lord says, but alas, no, you did not listen to me. You've only hearkened under other false kings because you cared more about what they had to say to your heart than Jesus within thee. His truth telling you the entire time that your words were compromising me and my truth. And yet still you chose your own way. So I've had no other choice but to consider you led astray, quote unquote. But today. I'm raising up the truth so that the world might come back to me. And I'm telling you, how dare you to tell me what to do when many of you never obeyed what I told you to do? How dare you? But now you have no voice for kingdom because I can't trust you when you only serve you. Not I, but you. So consider yourself and your self-serving platforms dismissed, deposed, deposed of like taking the trash out because I can no longer trust you. As this is my final conversation with you because of all the words I've tried to bring in times past and yet you treated them with contempt. As though you were the CEO making decisions about whether or not this ship should sink. How dare you? How dare you? When I'm the timekeeper, not you. Yet there you are serving your father who fell long ago, who even then tried to tell me how my kingdom should go. And you saw what happened to him when I cast him out of my land. Because you see, what you forgot is that earth is my footstool, it's my land. And when I cast Satan down, he was supposed to be made slave to men, but you've allowed his instairment and false power to convince you that you were in command. When I only asked you to seek what I would demand, and I don't demand too much of you, except that you be true to the one who laid his life down for you. And many of you didn't even do that because of your reckless attitudes. Because you think it's all about you. No. Says the king, 
It was never about you, but only me. As I was trying to allow you to play a part in history. To be a child, I could see representing me, but as reckless as some of you have been, I no longer wish to have you stand in my stead. As I've seen your hearts and they grieve me. You no longer look like me, but instead like my enemy. How could you? Says the Lord, how could you? So I shall start over again as I've raised up time warriors who keep time with only me. And as for the rest of you, you will soon see that I'm a restless king who desires only a bride who has eyes for me. And many of you have been found unfaithful. So no, I can no longer marry you. As your and my wedding have been called off due to the heartbreak you bring me. Lord says, you don't want to marry me. You only sought things that benefited you. So saith the Lord. Which brings us to 1 Samuel 5, 1 through 7, 17. And it's talking about the glory departing. But God will always defend his name and his truth. And he'll raise up people who'll stand with him in that. But if you know anything about this passage, it's talking about Israel and the Philistines trying to capture the ark of God. But the enemy can never capture God's glory. And so we have many in this hour. It's, con- it's contingent upon and it's reflective upon p- many people in this hour trying to capture God's glory illegally like the Philistines did. And like we have many people in this hour trying to sidestep God's standard by trying to do it another way. And God's saying, your ways aren't my ways. I've told you a million times, your ways aren't my ways. And exactly your attitude and your behaviors today and in past days are what got you to the place of disobedience that you're now walking in, which has caused you to miss your appointment with me in crossing over the Jordan, you see, because you thought you knew more than me. And all because they or you have forgotten who is God and who is not. And you know, it's interesting to me because what I've found in the past three and a half years as a leader, I've seen this, um, is that the church has become like a pompous ass just like our government, acting just like the government, where there's no humility and men are demanding to take their own stand, forgetting that the humble were the ones who inherited the land. Because humility was the thing that allowed them to enter in because they remembered that only through Christ they could do anything. And you know what's interesting about that is that I got up yesterday morning, or actually this morning, it was this morning, I was coming back from coffee and I looked out the window and I realized, I thought, golly, thank you, Lord, for for letting me wake up today. I can't even wake up without you. I can't take my next breath without you. That may seem dumb to you, but if you think about that, that's pretty significant. You can't make your next move without him because without breathing, you're dead. So for us to, to think that we know more than him or that, We think that we're bigger than God. That's a lack of humility. That's pretty self-focused, if you ask me. So we have to remember who's God in our lives, and it's not us. 
And you know, I'm sorry if the message seems terse today, but I've been dreading this message from Saturday. But God told me, speak my truth. I want my church to get cleaned up. Because the body, if you know anything about the body of Christ, the body's busy. And, and people are busy on their cell phones. They're busy with technology. We're busy, 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 busy. We're so busy, we forget to take time to listen to God. And what happens in that is that we end up hurting God. And some of you listen to this message, even by replay, this is the first time I've ever gotten very defensive of God. And I don't have to defend him. He's a big boy. He can defend himself. But you hurt my friend. You hurt my best friend. And if I were to be honest, um, I honor, I try to honor my friends, especially God. But I've never felt God's heart so hurt by people. And it took me, you may think this is dumb. I don't even care what you think. Because if you don't care, then obviously you don't really care about your relationship with him. But I do. I do care about my relationship with him. But it took me three hours that day just talking back and forth with him. Lord, what can I do to cheer you up? And what, what do you want to do? What do you want to go hang out? You want to do what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I've never felt such sorrow. But he's so disappointed in some of you. And unfortunately for you, that's not people over here. I don't want you to take that. If you're here and it's, and it's touching your heart, you're already convicted. But for those of you who it's not even moving, you're just thinking, oh, whatever, scoffing. This one's going to cost you, unfortunately for you. And it, I don't know what it's going to take to get some of you to shake out of your mindsets. And, you know, it may cost you everything you've got, some of you. But. Lord is tired of the spirit of pride and people demanding their right to be somebody because of lack of affirmation of people in your past, usually parents, which is what happens when you have earthly parents who negate responsibilities and raising up a child in the way they should go. They usually get head knowledge instead of heart knowledge and they lose sight of the lessons and how a, a good father raises their kids with standards. There are consequences for actions. And so they get self-focused and, and self, selfishness instead of being others-oriented and learning that love is always others. You, your actions affect many people around you. And it actually gets people walking down wrong paths because they think that they know more than God and they can tell God what to do instead of God directing their steps. And it's what's occurred in our nation, within our government, and their quest to play big brother and create a new identity over us as a nation. Trying to tell us who we should be instead of who God said we were. And if you're not walking closely in love, then the truth is easily lost. So you don't know who you are and whose you are. God said that. I've called you by name in your mind. And it's time for you to stand up in your most holy faith. I've lifted you up for such a time as this. And if you don't know whose you are and who you are in love, and I'm not saying cold love, not Jezebel. Jezebel is a false prophet. Jezebel is a Balaam's prophet. 
It brings in, it's, it's the front runner for the Antichrist spirit where Elijah was the front runner for Jesus Christ. Elijah always brought in truth like John the Baptist. Hello, he's coming, he's coming. Jesus is coming. One greater than I, I can't even tie a shoe. But he's saying, you better get shifted so you can receive the good news. That's a short synopsis. You need to get shifted. You need to get aligned out of your ways. Your ways are not his ways. You need to get cleaned up. Because if he sees something that's misaligned, he's going to correct you. And then if you refuse correction, guess who gets to be bypassed for blessing? That would be you. But God hasn't moved off his throne in this hour, thank God. He's only shifted his position to get comfortable. That's the good news. And he's about to stand up over this nation. Watch, watch. As the tables are about to turn. He's been telling me that for two weeks now. Tables are about to turn. God is about to turn over these tables from these den of thieves. You know he did that in the church, right? He starts with the church first. And when God gets angry enough, he'll stand up. But when God stands up, if you know anything about God, all it takes him is moving one finger. And it'll throw an angel across against the wall. That's all a slight movement of God is needed. Now when he stands up, woe be you. That means he's walking into the room. But his presence isn't going anywhere. And the Lord's saying, if you'll turn your heart back to me, I've started this nation on a trajectory because I've been looking for a people group who will stand up in me and my truth, not their version of it, in order to realign the nation under me. So it's not going to come without a price. You understand that, right? But the Lord's saying, continue to watch as the den of thieves are being cast out of my house. The church first, i.e. Jezebel, the spirit of religion. I told you that apparatus of death was leaving. It's being forced out, being overturned. Where people are going to be leaving in droves because they're so tired of the status quo. They're tired of feeling like everything's dead. Now, there are some people who don't know better, I'll say this. And they'll keep going through the monotony of doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's insanity thinking that it's taking them somewhere where all they're doing is spinning their wheels, going nowhere. But it's those hearts who know there's more to this truth. There's more to life. There's more to the gospel. And they haven't been told everything. And they want to learn more. They want to go deeper in God. They're coming out and through. Those are the people God's going after. Those have who have been fleeced by Jezebel and been stuck underneath its apparatus of death. Where God's people can come back to him again. Hence, revival begins. And the Lord says, you're almost there. You're almost there. If you only knew how close you were, I said that on Friday. You're almost there. But this next part is for the disobedient. The leaders... And I'm going to speak directly to those who have been hitting this who who've been hitting this ministry. I'm going to speak to you. I, I'm not intimidated by you. 
actually. I just want you to know, because if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm just trying to help God's people. But this is what the Lord says to you. You broke God's heart because you wouldn't listen and disobey through wrongful, exact, this is exact words that he told me today. You broke his heart because you would not listen. And then you disobeyed through wrongful curiosity of things you were not called to. And through arrogance, you demanded your own way. Yet, God has had to backhand you into your rightful positions. Because like the Israelites who knew the law, i.e. religion, God stated, just because you saw the glory in this part of my child's story didn't give you a right to trespass or demand any right to a portion of kingdom not your birthright, nor a place that you were equipped to handle. The Lord's saying, shame on you. Shame on you, because in doing so, you lost your own portion of kingdom for blatantly disobeying me, says the Lord. And if you want your land back, you need to repent and stay within your own boundaries, or the next time, I'll take it permanently away from you. And that is a thus saith the Lord. Because today, you've already lost firepower. And the Lord's saying, so now, I'm asking you, says the Lord, how much more do you want to lose? Because I'm a great cook. And when I cook up a meal, I'll give you the whole enchilada if you demand it. And if you know anything about going back to our story about the Israelite Pharisees, just because they knew the law, they apparently didn't know it that well. Because if they knew it well enough, they would have known that when a thief is caught, he has to give back seven times what he tries to steal. That's what EW is getting from you. As God is a God of his word, who will not be mocked nor disobeyed because of, like any good father, he watches over his own in all parts of his kingdom and gifts that he gives to all his children. That brings us to John 6, 1 through 21. Back over here. We're talking about starting a new thing. And anytime God brings you into a new thing, um, it's a shame that this exists, exists in the church, but I have never seen so much sabotage and so much crappy behaviors from leaders. And from people proclaiming to be God's child. And you're no more God's child than the man of the moon. For some of the things I've seen people pray over us and people try to do to us. We've gotten big leaders involved now. They're aware of you. I want you to know that. They're aware of those of you coming at us. And uh, we bless you. We forgive you. But we're not backing down. And I'm definitely not afraid of you. But we're going to step into our new part of the land. And this is for people who are choosing to stand in love this hour. And there are three tests that anybody, any new ministry has to go through. So I want to encourage you. Um, and by the way, those of you who are coming at me right now, I know you're misogynist. You don't like women. You have the sit down and shut up attitude. What you need to know is that I'm a colonel's daughter. Mr. General. My dad was almost a general. Regardless. The last thing I'm going to do is sit down and shut up. Matter of fact, I'm going to speak from the rooftops and I'm fixing to expose you if the prophets don't do it first. 
And that is a thus saith the Lord. And you can take your misogynistic attitudes and probably the way that you treat your wives at home, and you can go blow because I could care. I could care less. But I am going to help God's people get their lives back. And by the way, by the way, um, for the misogynistic one who's been coming at me, if you had half a brain, you'd realize the outer wheel, the two wheels of Ezekiel's wheel, the outer wheel is a man for the male side of God's spirit. The inner wheel is female. So would it be appropriate that God would have a female steer the inner wheel? Unless you're in drag and you want to wear drag. I don't know. That's up to you. But God bless you. So John 6, 1 through 21. Talking about the three tests of the disciples walking in the new. When God has a step into a new place, it's, it's not going to be like the old. At all. And matter of fact, this is what's going to be surprising to all these people that are demanding to stay in the old. Because they're going to get left behind so badly. that Because the new people that are wanting the love of God, they want to come back to the basics of love, are rejecting everything that these people, the old guard has been trying to feed them because they realize it's going nowhere. And so they're willing to do whatever God's telling them to do to get free in order to go there. And so whatever witchcraft you're willing to use to compromise, to try to get your own way, Saul, that's what got him kicked out of his own kingdom. Um, God's saying, you can keep practicing your witchcraft, but you're just going to get farther and farther behind. And eventually I'll have to judge you. I already told you my word suffereth not a witch to live. And the Lord knows that some of you are literally going and you are seeking out people that practice voodoo. You're practicing, you're seeking out shamans. You're seeking out things in Louisiana on the East Texas border, things that your family used to do. I'm calling you out. You're practicing witchcraft. And I know John Kilpatrick has called some of you out, one big one of you out for practicing witchcraft and letting people in your congregation do it because they're part of the Native American Indian tribes who practice it on me as a leader. And you allowed it. The Lord said, that's why you got it. Well, your judgment came before that point, but that really solidified it. We're not cleaning your people up. Because I don't care what your culture practices. If you bring that crap into the church and you bring it around to holy God and you as a leader tolerate it and then other leaders come up around you because you think you're such a big shot with your name and you think your name is bigger than the name above all names and you don't correct your people and saying, hey, don't bring that mess in here. It's not God. And if you don't stop, you have to leave. God's saying it's time to clean it up. But you're being exposed in this hour, all of you. It's why you're being judged. So, this new place, though, the good news about the new place, for those of you with the courage to come out and through, it's not going to look like or feel like anything like the old. Matter of fact, it's going to be better. Because, like, you knew as a child, I don't know about you, but for me, my impression of God as a child has been so different uh, as opposed to what I experienced in my 20s and 30s when we all got hit with Jezebel and it kind of knocked us out of alignment 
from the warm, unconditional love of God. God is bringing us back into it. And you can kind of sense it. I don't know about you, but as we crossed over this bridge this Saturday, we crossed out of the old back into this new place. I call it new, but it's really back into the basics of love. We've gone deeper back into God. That's why I'm telling you these 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 spiritual laws at this level are so critical right now. They're so critical. It's not it's like night and day. And it's why you feel as of Saturday probably the uh the the uh the drast the drastic contrast between Five days ago versus Saturday. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it. I'm sensing it big, big, big time. Big time. So that's the difference between where we were standing a week ago versus where we're at now. But this new place, um, God's been teaching us about attaining the true king's decree. Because this new place is going to require God's word to cause his kingdom to manifest which includes signs wonders and miracles in order for the lord to abide there and it's going to include three types of testings for you to walk through three types of testings see this is nothing new let me tell you this too before i go into the three testings what you're fixing to start experiencing and i think dr mark sharona prophesied this as well where mega blessing incurs mega persecution you know that right because jesus went through it and the disciples went through it when they started coming up higher into a spirit of love and the pharisees hated it from around him because they wanted to keep their dead system in place they wanted to keep people locked into the apparatus of death <clears throat> but in order pardon me for the church to experience revival that means god's going to shake a few people loose He's already starting. He's already starting. And God bless you leaders who are separating yourself away from dis, uh, disobedient leaders. God bless you. Repent. Get back in alignment. Get them away from you. They're about to be judged. I'm so, I've never been more serious in my life. Get them away from you. But in this new place, there were three focus uh, three types of a focus that Jesus had are testings um, that he had to uh, learn. He had to teach the disciples about if he was going to help the new ministry to be successful. And it's about feeding the multitude, leading the multitude, and then losing the multitude. That sounds kind of strange at the end, doesn't it? And I thought, what? Why would you want to lose them? We'll get there. But feeding the multitude entailed when we come into a new place and even if you're in marketplace ministry this is for you as well because even if you're in a new place the task may seem like it's daunting or like you have an unsolvable problem because it's you can't figure out how to get into it it's kind of like uw right now dealing with all these crazy pharisees but what happened and, and it's because the the disciples were looking at the big crowds that were starting to follow jesus and they're like how do we feed all of you how do we feed you? And he actually looked at it from a natural standpoint instead of from a spiritual standpoint where he was looking at it uh, from a money perspective. And the real answer was actually in miracles and getting God's or the true king's decree. And so I don't know about you, but ever since we started learning about the true king's decree, um, it's amazing to me 
Because you know how the Bible says all it takes is one word from God. All it takes is one word to change the situation. It is so true. It is so true. And Jesus gave it to him that day. He said, go get some of their bread and get some of their fish and we're going to multiply it. He gave them the true king's decree right there. He sought the Lord and the Lord told him what to do. And God is saying, you can take that and you can apply that to your dreams. uh, What you need to do next in your dreams what you do need to do next in your situations, your problems. If you will seek the true King's decree, God will say, he's saying, I'll give you breakthrough every time. I'll give you a miracle every time, every time. And it's exciting. It's exciting. So Philip learned about this, that signs, wonders, and miracles was where we give Jesus what we have and we let him tell us what to do. Isn't that cool? I think that is just absolutely cool. And so the Lord's saying, you keep doing your best. And then you pray that it's blessed and then I'll give you the rest. That's by Keith Green, actually. If you don't know that statement, you keep doing your best, pray that it's blessed and I'm going to do the rest. The Lord's saying, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to help you with this thing and I'm going to help you learn how I do things and bring you back to my ways. These are back to God's ways, which brings us back into leading the multitudes. And it actually occurred at a very, very high point at Jesus's popularity, where Jesus sent the disciples into a storm. And they went from popularity to peril. You know what that feels like? Where you feel like, oh, everything's taken off, yay! And then boom, you get hit with a storm. And so, if you know anything about the Lord, he doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste a doggone thing. And so, there are sometimes testings within tests that you have to recognize while you're walking through a bigger test, but then there are smaller testings while you're walking through, like kind of like right now, like the, the nation feels like that we're walking in the, in a test as a bigger nation, but then we've got our own testings with our own ministries, with our own lives. And we're trying to maintain our focus on both and make sure we know what God's saying in both. And Jesus started calling them out on the water. He'll do that to you. He's like, hey, do you trust me? Do you have faith enough for me in this? And he'll say, hey, go buy this. Go buy that. Or, and you're thinking, I don't have the money for that. God's like, you don't, but I do. And he's saying, but if you obey me, and he's giving you the two kings decree. If you obey me, kind of like you did with me, and, and, and I'm going to expand you. It's a, it's a sign of expansion. But I want you to step out onto the water first. And so I had to obey him in this endeavor that he had me step out on. And it was scary for me. It took me two months of prayer. Ask our prayer teams. It took me two months to trust God. And I had to, because I'm responsible for a few things. I'm responsible for leading these people. And God is like, I'm trying to teach you how to walk in my ways. If you're going to help people back to the ancient of days. And I was like, oh, Lord. And so you never let the enemy make you sweat or quit. Basically, you never let him get you to stop stepping out of the water even when you don't understand what God is doing or how he's doing it. Okay. You don't ever let yourself sweat. You make yourself do it afraid. That makes sense. And the Lord's saying in this season, the only way to come across and through out of the old and into the new is to stay focused on me and to keep doing things my way. Even if you disagree, keep doing it my way. 
because my way is always guaranteed the place of victory. So we're learning about the true king's decree. That excited me. I don't know about you, but when he told me that Saturday, he said, everything, you can apply the true king's decree to everything, everything. And you'll get the victory every single time. It'll always come out. You'll come out smelling like roses every time. And then the third test that the disciples had to face was losing the multitude. And I thought, what? What was he talking about there? And it's when people only come to Jesus to be entertained. Are you a prophet? Prophetess? People just want to see, oh, what's God telling you? What's God telling you? Well, I'll turn it around. But what's God telling you? What did he tell you today? I'll see how much they're seeking him out. Are you seeking him out? Because he hears your prayers as well as he hears mine. And, but it's when people only come to the Lord when they have a physical need instead of letting him attend to their spiritual needs. And so we see this in today's church. We see this all over the place today, if you want to know the truth, where people are more worried about the outside than they are the inside. And Jesus, just like he did with the woman at the well, he knew her needs, the real, real need. And, and he said, yeah, if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. He knew she needed a savior. He knew that she wasn't, her need wasn't just to sleep with another five men, try to get her needs met, to have a roof over her head. He knew that she needed the king of kings. She needed love in her life. She needed acceptance. She wasn't even supposed to be there if you know anything about that story. She wasn't supposed to be there with him because he was a Jewish person. and. I think she was Samaritan. I could be wrong. I forget what she was, but they weren't supposed to be together. She wasn't supposed to go to the well at the same time as a Jewish person. So how was she supposed to get the need met? And so this is what we're starting to see in this hour where as leaders, I want to say as prophets, prophetesses, we're starting to recognize who's getting serious about God and who's not, who is just, here to be entertained and they treat you like a cell phone hey, let's turn you on turn it on like a spigot entertain me entertain me i'm not here to entertain you none of the prophets are here to entertain you we're here to help you get spiritual needs met so god can put his finger on some things but the problem is especially for big leaders now if you've been around a while because people get too comfortable in their positions and you know i wish god would treat it like he did the dallas cowboy cheerleaders or the dallas cowboys making you try out every year Make us try out every year. They make every member try out every year, usually for the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Every year. Why do I say that? Because I used to be in drill team. So I knew that they did it on a lower level and they do it on that national level. Um, why is that important? Why would it be good for our nation and our church? Because it would make you get off your laurels and pay attention to what you're doing, especially as a leader and a sheeple. Sheep. Don't be a sheeple. But it would make us pay attention. Um, are we aligned? Are we doing things and abiding in God's ways? And just instead of getting lazy and showing up to church and taking God for granted, taking his leaders for granted. And so that would help us to stay disciplined and staying loyal to true love. And not everyone's going to stay true to God in the end, if you know anything about that. We're seeing that and it's disheartening. It's very, very disheartening. And so losing the multitude for leaders right now, this is for some of you who are really true. 
God's saying, learn to dust your sandals and move on. Move on quickly, even for the sheep. I don't let, I, I just want to tell you from my heart to yours, I don't let anybody waste my time. I don't let people waste my time. Because time is the one commodity you never get back. So I, I really guard my time. You can ask our people that. They, we have our leaders in place. You go to our leaders when you have different needs. And if, it's, if it needs to come to me, it comes to me. But usually they leave me alone so I can do my job. And it's, it's important in this hour because people want to waste your time on nothing. They want you to be on, their, on your cell phone and they want you to do all these frivolous things. Well, if God's got you working on something, thank you, Holy Spirit. If he's got you working on something in this hour, don't you dare lose focus and let people steal your time. He asked me that on Thursday. You come steal away with me. Come talk to me about a few things. I'm hurting. Okay. But he went talking about God. And he was, he was deeply hurting. And he's still deeply hurting over this, but he has to do something about it. And so the real key then in staying true to a holy God in this hour is guarding the things of God that you know he values. Because people can think that they're serving God. This is my opinion and my attitude. This is genuinely my opinion when I say this. Um, people can think they're serving God all they want, but their heart can reflect something completely different. And we know God's bringing us back to the ancient of days, uh, the basics of love. But not everybody's going to want to go there with you because it's going to cost them something. It's cost you something to, to stay there. And if you notice, like you can, you can always tell people will come and go. They're looking like that's the one thing I hate too about YouTube. They want to be entertained. They flip from station to station to station instead of going and receiving and then focusing on God to see what he'll have to say to them, what he wants them to do. But this is where we're at. And so sometimes while you're walking and you're new, God's going to make you walk out onto the water to see if your faith is big enough to sustain what he's trying to give to you. He'll test you. He'll test your heart to see if you're true. If he can trust you with the new. Are you going to be just like everybody else going to come to him just because you want to be entertained again? Oh, God, gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. I want you to do this for me. I've got to test you. I've got to train you. I've got to prepare you to make sure you can handle what I'm trying to give to you. Which brings us to Psalms 106, 13 through 31. This is key, guys. Catch the message today. It's talking about promised land borders. It's all in conjunction. It's and right on through. I was amazed by the message today. But he's getting us ready to come on through. And the Lord's saying, don't get into your promised land or get to your promised land and then refuse to go in like the Israelites. Don't be like them. You know, very few went in. The next generation went in. But how did that happen? Through compromise with heathens. I'll just say it and call it what it is. Are those who refused to get cleaned up. That's what kept them from going in. You know, I don't know about you, um, but this testing season has been so hard. Um, and I've had to actually recognize people sent in to try to get me off focus. Has that been you? Getting you off focus? 
Because the devil definitely doesn't want people listening to you. Want to know why? Because that means they're going to get unstuck. And they're going to come out and through. And that means your God's army is going to start rising up around him, against him. So he's trying to shut down all truthers right now. They're trying to help you get into your promised land. And I know that a lot of people are so tired, mentally tired, mentally, physically, spiritually. And if you're spiritual, it usually encompasses, it, it covers it all. It makes you just tired all the way around. We're just like, I don't know if I can finish this. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But I'm not giving up my blessing for anybody or any bad heart condition that refuses to maintain God's standard. And I'm definitely not going to demand my own. Hey, Connie, good to see you. And what do I mean by that? That's that's pretty clear cut and dry. Um, I I would like to think that we've all come far enough right now in this test. We're, we realize that God is telling us to do specific things in order to come across our junctures and come into these two places that he's trying to raise us up into. And all through C2, if you know anything about C2, C2 has four junctures in it where you've got four opportunities to step up higher. Four oppor- and the, the, after the second one, after C2, one and two, you have to be invited into C3 and four. You can't just come in. And that's why so many people, it's amazing to me, actually, and, and we have a lot of people not believing this, but yet their walks reflect this truth. A lot of leaders, as a matter of fact, they're thinking, well, we're going to go through our door. We're going to go through our door. We're going to go through our door at the head of the year. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to go through our door. But the people aren't changing, so they haven't been invited in. Hence, their walks reflect it. And we see the bad heart conditions because they refuse to let God put his finger on a few things and change a few things. We see a lot of people in the flesh and God is serious about this. When you come in through C1 and 2 through the lower dominions of God's heart, those are lower doors, but you have to come through the eye of the needle and you have to be invited. That's an inspection place, by the way. That's the eye of the Lord's inspection. You have to let God inspect you to see if you've been obedient in all the prior six months getting free and doing all the things he's told you to do so you can come up near him closer to love because you reflect love. He has to see himself in you. But if he doesn't see himself in you, why do you think he's going to let you near him? That would be a hypocrisy, right? The spirit bears witness with the spirit. Your spirit's not bearing witness with his spirit. So if you know anything about the flesh, it's going to cost you, if you continue walking in your flesh, it's going to cost you something at some point in your journey if you stay in it. If you demand to stay in it, God will let you. He's not going to fight you. He's at peace with all men. <laughs> it's his way or hit the highway. He's the one in command. And if you know anything about the flesh too, the devil knows how to use your flesh against you. He knows how to use other people's flesh against you. And sometimes our testing entails maintaining discipline. Like I'm getting 
I'm getting tested in that area right now too, not reacting, but responding. I still tell you the truth in all love. But if you give way to the enemy's ways instead of God, it'll cost you kingdom in this hour. And that's a huge thing for us to give up. And I'm not about to give up my portion of kingdom for anything flesh. I don't know about you. So another another reason people don't come in and through C2 is because of stubborn attitudes that make them compromise like the Israelites did once they got into the land because of lack of discipline. I just talked about that. You have to have discipline to make it through C2 in order to stand in God's ways. And I, th- I think because, I'll say this too, because of the state of our nation and because of people being so worried about the federal level, they forget about the personal level. It's a federal, state, city, county, and personal level, if you know anything about that. Um, but don't lose sight of what God wants to change in you because you're so focused on things on the outside of you because the inside's more important than the outside. Let me tell you that. The inside being your spiritual heart condition is so important because if God doesn't change that and you don't have more of him in place, you're not going to step into the glory place of blessing or the place that would have gotten you into kingdom anyway. He's your ticket in. You understand that, right? The more love you have, that's your access into the promised land. Your promised land is your garden of Eden. You realize that? So sometimes we are our worst enemies when we get to a certain juncture in our journey. And because of greasy grace or because of stubborn ways, and I don't know about you, but I've seen people do it all the time too, where they they take this attitude like, oh, I'm just going to act like I didn't hear that. Or they they buck the thought, the conviction that comes into their spirit uh, because it makes them feel uncomfortable to have to deal with themselves. Oh, that can't be good. God doesn't tell me anything but good things about myself. And then they'll surround themselves with attaboys and attagirls. Oh, no, you're great. You're great. Oh, no, you're fine. But you are when it really should have been a truth person coming in saying, hey, you need to get your butt in deliverance ministry. That's not God. You know, that's not God. Change that attitude. Some of you get offended when truth people come around you because and you, you avoid truth people because you know you're going to be held accountable. Why would you do that? You're sabotaging yourself when you do that. But if you want to stay in your fleshly behaviors, or if you're surrounding yourself with other people who do, then when God doesn't allow you to enter in, you have nobody to blame but you. Which brings us to Proverbs 14, 32 through 33. We're topping it about... One hour and two minutes past the top of the hour. And it's talking about the wicked are driven away in their wickedness. Driven away from the land. But the righteous hath hope in his death. Jesus' death. Wisdom resisteth in the heart of him that hath understanding. But that which is in the midst of fools is made known. He does it every stinking time. Every time. He'll wrap it up in a nutshell. Where he wouldn't let Moses into the land because he didn't get a hold of his anger issues. And then he had other people who, like the sons of Kor, who were swallowed up because they still 
carried on in their idol issues. He held them accountable all along the way in their journey. Did you not understand that? They were coming back to love. <clears throat> they were going back to the land of their forefathers, the, the ancient of days. And I don't know what is so hard about wrapping our head around that truth to where we seem to look at it like it's just book knowledge. Oh, it's history. No, it's actually spiritual knowledge that's applicable today. Where the same thing they went through then is what you're going through now. You're trying to come back to the ancient of days. But in order to get there, in order to get your life back, you're going to have to practice his ways. Okay, that's where we're at right now. And I know that it breaks God's heart because not everybody's going to get in. Not everybody's going to choose to go in. A lot of people are going to be so arrogant. And they already are. They think that they don't have to listen to God. And God will always be true to himself. He's the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He can't deny himself. He cannot contradict himself. So if he tells you, if you do this, you're going to get this. That's Deuteronomy 27 and 28. If you do that, you're going to get this. Brings If you act a certain way, it brings in cursing. You pay evil, or if you act in your own flesh to deal with people, and they, they can make you mad. I, I get it. People make you mad. You want to jab slap them sometimes. You want to slap the dog out of some people, but you can't do that. You have to let God fight your battles. And see, hearing a woman talk like this, I think it really throws some of the sheep off because they're like, oh, she's not of God. Yeah, I think I am. He knows my heart. I'm just a truthful warrior. Because people can make you mad, but you just can't act like your flesh. You have to do things Jesus' way. You want to go where he's telling you to go. So with that, I hope you're encouraged, guys. Go check out the trailer. The greatest game ever played. If you're feeling small, if you're feeling incompetent, or whatever the enemy's trying to make you feel like, you gotta, you know, just take people, knock them off for who they are. That's all you gotta do. You know, not everybody in this life's gonna like you. That's what my dad used to always tell me too. I, I'd go home from school and whatnot, and he'd say, Missy, not everybody in this life's gonna like you. There are always a few bad apples in every bunch. You chalk them off, and you just keep continuing to march. God's got your story in his pocket. He's got you written on the palm of his hand. And he knows what he's got planned for you. And trust me, God's plan will stand. If something's of God, you can't stop it. You can't stop the plan. You can't stop the man. And uh, you can't stop his destiny that he's put inside of you. So I love you guys. Go have yourself a great day. We'll talk on Friday. But until then, bye.